This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to have you. If you're new here and you haven't joined the WTTC group chat, please feel free to come join. Come join the girlies. It will be linked in the description down below of this episode. And if you're in the group chat or you've been following along on Insta this Saturday coming up, so September 30th at 11 a.m. EST, we are having a WTTC coffee hangout. So what this means is basically we are all going to come on Zoom. We're all going to have our morning coffee or you can have a mocktail. You can have a cocktail depending where you are in the world, depending whatever your vibe is. And we're all just going to hang out. I think it's so incredible that we have built such a strong community, a strong group of girlies. And this is our opportunity to all really get to know each other. It's our opportunity for us to all hang out, all become friends, all create some sort of relationship, some sort of bond. So if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, if you're brand new here, but you literally just want to get to know some like-minded girlies, really hang out with people, make some new friends, have kind of just a fun Saturday morning activity, then please be sure to join the group chat or turn post notifications on for Instagram so that you can Be the first to know when the link for the Zoom is coming out and so that you can join us Saturday morning. So September is almost over, which is bittersweet because I love the fall season. I love the fall vibe, but we have been doing our September challenge. So if you've been a part of it or you have seen me post about it and you have been partaking in certain little activities, The month is almost done, and being completely honest, this month has been a little chaotic for me, so actually sticking to this challenge has been super, super difficult, and there's been points throughout the month where I have definitely fallen off, but the most important part of this challenge is that you get back on track when you fall off, and so even though there's been a few days where I probably didn't hydrate enough, there's been some times where I haven't done my affirmations in the morning or I haven't thought about what I was grateful for. The next day, I made sure to get back on track and I made sure to continue and keep going because I have been doing my affirmations most days and I have kind of a Spotify playlist that I listen to. It's just the easiest way for me to get my affirmations in, to be honest. And it's just high vibe music. And every single day that I have done them, I have noticed such a shift in my energy. I have noticed that so many good things have been happening. And so if you want that playlist, let me know and I will send it to you. But doing my affirmations in the morning has literally been a game changer. So if you're needing just something to kind of boost yourself just a little bit, try affirmations every morning and just watch your energy just shift. One of the tasks for this September challenge is to read a book this month. And this is definitely part of me not fully committing to this challenge because I've only read probably two or three chapters of my book so far. So I still have a few days. I'm hoping to just power through it, get my butt into gear and just get that done. But 
If I don't, then it's something I'm going to carry on into October and it's something that I'm going to end up reading in October. But I'm more motivated to finish this book because I'm reading The Happy Place by Emily Henry. And so many of the podcast girlies have read this book or are currently reading it. And so I want to finish this book so we can have a little book club and we can all talk about it and share our thoughts. So that is my motivation to get through this book. That is my motivation to literally sit down this week and grind out as much of this book as I possibly can. If you listened to last week's episode, then you'll know that it is a repost episode. And that's because Dean and I were in Pittsburgh. If you don't know, I go to school in Pittsburgh, but I live in Toronto. It's a whole thing. So I kind of bounce back and forth. But we went to Pittsburgh last weekend and it was probably one of the most fun weekends I've had in a very, very long time. It was one of those weekends where you kind of just turn your brain off and you just enjoy the moment and you enjoy being present and where you are. Like I literally went out with my friends. I had so much fun. Dean and I went to the Steelers game and Dean is one of the biggest Steelers fans of all time. And it was such a good game to be at. And so it was just so fun. It was nostalgic. Something about Pittsburgh is it's just kind of home to both Dean and I. It's somewhere that we go and we just feel so comforted and nostalgic and it's somewhere that we don't even need to use GPS because we know where we're going at all times and so just going back to that environment and kind of a slower sort of lifestyle I guess you could say compared to Toronto was so needed and it was just such a great way to reset to get myself ready to start the week again and kind of get back into my normal routine. Before we get into this week's episode, which I am super excited about, if you haven't already rated this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, if you haven't downloaded the episodes, if you haven't shared to your story, please, please go do that. It really means so much to me. It really helps this podcast so much. And I want to continue building this collective that we have started and this group of just strong, independent, powerful women. And so by sharing this podcast and posting it to your stories, we're just going to keep building that community. And it really means so, 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 so much to me. And I love you guys so much for doing that. Girlies, when you're first starting a business, you have enough to worry about. The stress is overwhelming and there's absolutely no reason you should be adding any more. Luckily for us, Shopify is here to help. Shopify has all the tools to power and build your business to the next level. It grows with your business no matter how far or big you grow. Thanks to an endless list of integration and third-party apps, Anything you can think of from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to revolutionize your business, they have. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Linen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. As a WTTC listener, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC, 
all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash WTTC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorites once again. If you've ever had an embarrassing BO moment, Lumi is here to help. Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control from everywhere, including your pits, your feet, and yes, even your privates. And fun fact, but it was actually a patient's concern about their private odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. I currently have the toasted coconut deodorant, and let me tell you, it is my absolute favorite, and it smells so good. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers, and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code WTTC for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's WTTC at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Okay, this week's episode is one of my favorite types of episodes that we do on this podcast, and it's called the collective episode. And so if you're new here and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's basically an episode for you by you. It's an episode where you guys send in your questions, your advice, your funny stories, your dating horror stories whatever it is that you want to send in everything is anonymous unless you purposely tell me that you want me to share who you are and it's an episode that I don't have anything planned I just go through the list we answer questions and it's just such a good girls chat it's such a chill best friend type of vibe episode and These are my favorite episodes to record because I literally just feel like I am sitting down and having a convo with all of my best friends. So let's get right into this episode. Okay, the first question, we are starting off strong. We are diving right into it and I love that. So the first question says, I'm struggling with my relationship with food once again and literally all I see on social media is a thousand posts about how to eat better how to overcome binge eating, how to balance your meals, how to whatever. And it feels overwhelming feeling like all these people have it together for a long enough period of time that they can create a series about this. When in reality, this sort of topic is ups and downs. This is why I love Bree's content because I can relate, but she's also very honest. Back to my rant, I'm tired of people saying they're being honest on social media and every time I see a post like this, I wonder if it's real and then I start wondering when it will be my turn. This is such a good question and this is such a good (laughs) quote unquote rant and I love you for sending this in because I know it can be very scary to be so vulnerable, especially when it comes to food related topics. And that's something that I have definitely struggled with. And I've shared that with all of you. I have definitely struggled with binge eating disorder. And that's something that 
I'm going to continue to struggle with for the rest of my life. So like you mentioned in this question, this sort of thing and having a certain relationship with food is something that is always going to be up and it's something that's always going to have downs. It's never something that you're fully going to overcome. Relationships with food is literally a bitch because you're going to have to work through it for the rest of your life. And so like you said, this is something that you're never fully going to actually overcome because it's something that you continuously have to work on every single day. And so I totally get that when you see this on social media and you feel like these people are quote unquote cured from whatever they're struggling with that you kind of feel shitty about yourself because you're like, when am I going to get to that point? When am I going to have this kind of epiphany that I'm going to be able to share with people and be like, this is how I did it step by step. But I am here to tell you as someone who has shared my own binge eating journey and my own relationship with food, you're never actually going to have it together if that makes sense. And even though I share stuff on social media about overcoming binge eating disorder and all this stuff, that's not real. I still have days all the time where I start to spiral and I start to almost revert back to my old habits and I really have to try and pull myself out of it. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't and I go back into my pattern and the next day I have to wake up and I have to basically (laughs) figure my shit out and continue on. And social media is not real. Everything that you see on social media, it's not real. We don't know what people are actually struggling with behind the scenes. A lot of the time we put on a certain persona or we really show the highlights and that's just what social media is. And so it's not bad. It's not wrong to do that, but it's also important that we take everything we see with a grain of salt. So when you're seeing these sort of topics and you're feeling really shitty about yourself because you're not at that stage yet... Just know that whoever is posting this was once in your position. And so just because someone may have been struggling with this for a longer amount of time and they've seeked certain help and they've worked through it doesn't mean that you're not going to get to that place too, but it also doesn't mean that that person doesn't still struggle with it. I don't know if that really made sense, but basically I'm saying that You can't compare yourself to the people that you see online. And I know that it's very easy, especially when you're in sort of a negative headspace to almost go down a rabbit hole of comparing yourself to the people that you see online and the people that you see posting this certain type of content. I totally get that. But by doing that, you're just going to make yourself feel shittier. (laughs) And as someone who has gone through that, I can tell you 1000% it's not going to actually end up helping you. And so when I was really struggling with my eating and my binge eating, my number one source of TikTok content was what I eat in a day's. I literally would consume so much content about what everyone else was eating because that was fueling my hyperfixation around food. And so when I really tried to make it a priority to get my health in check and to get my eating in check, 
I had to completely disengage from all of that content. I wouldn't watch what people were doing at the gym. I wouldn't watch what people were eating. I wouldn't watch people's recipes. I still don't because I just know that it's going to spiral me again. And so maybe it's something that you need to really set those boundaries right now on what content you should be consuming and what content you shouldn't. Also, not that all content creators are like this, but content when it comes to food always is more clickbaity. It's always going to do better. And so a lot of people are going to create that content because they know it's going to get them a lot of views. They know a lot of people are going to want to see it. And so someone could be posting something like that and not actually fully believe what they're saying. They could fully not be actually informed and actually have the credentials to even be sharing that information. So I just think it's really important that you really set those boundaries on the content that you're watching. I know it's a lot easier said than done, especially when you are in that state of having kind of a tough relationship with food. I know it's really hard to actually kind of separate yourself from all that food content, but just know that your time will come. And I know when you're in the thick of it, it feels like you're never going to get out of it. It feels like you're never going to really overcome that and you're never going to kind of see the light. But I promise you, you will. You just need to really prioritize yourself, prioritize your own mental health, prioritize your own physical health, and you will get through it. Okay, next question. I'm on distance with my boyfriend and I trust him completely, but my mental health is so bad that I hate myself so much. I don't understand why he loves me. So I'm always paranoid and I take it out on him and we fight and it's horrible and I hate it. How can you genuinely love yourself and want to be better for yourself out of love and not self-hatred? This is a very, very good question. This is really, really, this one hits home because I've done long distance for a total of four years in different relationships. And so I know how tough long distance can honestly be. And I've also had such an intense and interesting journey with how I view myself. So I know that those two things can just kind of like combat each other when you're doing long distance, but you're also feeling not the best about yourself. And it can really just kind of spiral you and make you more paranoid. And of course, fighting with your significant other is never a good feeling. And so that can add on to it. And so I just think that this is such a good question. When I was in the thick of my depressed state and just not feeling great about myself and all these things were just kind of happening in my life. I heard from someone that you are not going to hate yourself into becoming someone that you love. And that really resonated with me because I had to remind myself that hating myself is not going to make me love myself. And I know this sounds stupid and you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. But if you actually break it down, you are not going to do things to punish yourself and have that make you end up genuinely loving who you are. 
that's it's not it's not going to happen so I had to really take a step back and I had to think to myself I have been doing so many things in my life because I hated who I was and I would do so many things because I wanted to punish myself I don't like where I'm at currently. So what would happen if I just flipped the script and I decided to do things to love myself and I decided to do things to actually better myself and become someone that I am proud to be? And once you kind of switch that mindset, so many things are going to happen for you. The question is, how can you genuinely love yourself and want to better yourself out of love and not self-hatred? And I feel like the biggest thing that you have to do is you have to do so much internal work. You have to really believe that you are worthy of your own self-love. And I know that that is kind of a hard concept for a lot of us, especially if you're super hard on yourself like I am, or you want to strive for so many things in life and you might not always achieve them it can be really easy to kind of put yourself down to really hate yourself to really not feel worthy and you need to do a lot of internal work to recognize that you deserve amazing things and you deserve to love yourself first and foremost because that is going to help you achieve everything that you want and I know that it's hard it's really hard and it's really tough to always do things because you genuinely love yourself. There's things that I do sometimes and especially if I'm kind of in a negative mindset that I still do to this day, even after all my therapy, all my internal work, all of this stuff that I still do to almost self-sabotage. It's the way of basically protecting yourself. I have a whole episode on self-sabotage, but it's just your body's coping mechanism. It's what you're used to, so you're going to revert back to it. But you have to realize that you need to basically take steps outside of your usual routine, your usual comfort zone, and take those steps towards actually loving who you are. So literally sit down, And you can either write it out, you can talk it out loud, you can literally just think it. But sit down and think about all the amazing qualities that you have. I can guarantee that you are an amazing girlfriend. I can guarantee that you are an amazing friend. I can guarantee that you care about people. I can guarantee that you want to work hard and you want to achieve these things. I know all of this literally just from your question. Like I know the girls that listen to this podcast and I know that this is an embodiment of who you are. And so literally sit down and start thinking about all the amazing things that you have to offer. And then think to yourself, why do I feel like I don't deserve good things? Why do I feel like I'm not worthy of loving my own self? Why do I feel like I need to self-sabotage and work through that? Because once you figure out your reasoning why, you can take the steps to actually kind of change that narrative and you can take the steps to actually love yourself for the way that you are. And I think it's also something that I've learned as I've gotten older that I 
have to love myself for exactly who I am. And when I was younger and I would date different people or I would try and make new friends or whatever it was, I always felt like I was kind of an outsider. I always felt like I was too much for them or I had hobbies that they didn't fully enjoy or I wasn't outgoing enough to be their friend or whatever it was and I tried to change myself out of self-hate to fit in to want them to like me to want them to date me and as I've gotten older I recognize that the right people are going to come into my life for exactly who I am and I have to just wholeheartedly be myself and that is one of the scariest things that you can do it's one of the hardest things that you can do but it's one of the most rewarding things is knowing that I show up every single day a thousand percent authentic to myself and either people are gonna like it or they're not but that's their own thing and nothing to do with me nothing that I need to worry about I highly recommend looking into therapy I highly recommend looking into some professional help to help you with your own mental health to help you build that confidence to help you know that you're a boss ass bitch and you deserve so much love in this world and I promise you, once you change the narrative about how you view yourself and you start to build those habits in empowering yourself, so much is going to change for you. Okay, moving on. Next question says, I love your podcast and I am wondering what some of your fall go-to fashion items are. Amazing question. I love it. So I am very simple when it comes to my style. Literally, my style is always the same. And fall is when I feel like I thrive. I love fall fashion because I love to layer. And in the summer, I will literally still layer and I will just sweat. I will just completely sweat because I just, I love the fit and I can't, I can't not do it. But for fall, my go-to items are baggy jeans. Absolutely love baggy jeans. If you're a tall girly, go look at Pretty Little Thing because they have a whole tall section. I love a leather jacket. Leather jackets are my go-to. You can find them literally anywhere. I love a vintage, oversized, super kind of grungy leather jacket. And then a cool pair of sneakers. Sneakers now that I'm dating Dean, sneakers are literally one of my favorite things and they never used to be, but now they are. So a cool pair of sneakers, baggy jeans, a small little top and a leather jacket, my go-to, my absolute go-to. I'm so obsessed with it. I also love to kind of layer different button-ups underneath a leather jacket. I love to accessorize with different jewelry, different earrings. And I know you didn't ask, but my favorite fall hairstyle, my favorite hairstyle ever is just slicked back into a bun. I love to put some oil in it. I love to put a hair mask in it and I just slick slick it back and then the next day I feel like I have the nicest hair ever and it's so voluminous and it's so hydrated and just I love it I absolutely love it okay next question is you and Dean seem so solid have you ever gone through struggles my boyfriend and I seem like we are on different pages and I need some advice by the way love your podcast 
Okay, yes. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that we've gone through big time periods of struggle, but every single relationship is going to have its ups and downs. That's just something that's going to happen. And I feel like when you're in a relationship, especially when you're kind of young and your life is a certain way and you grow up and you go through these different phases of life, your relationship is going to change. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to change bad. That doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily change good. It's just going to have to go through and navigate the different phases that you're going through in life. When I had my first boyfriend and I was 19 years old. I moved to a different school. I moved countries. And by the time we were like 22, we were on completely different pages because we were in different phases of our lives. I was more in a phase where I wanted to go out, explore, work on my career, kind of get my shit together and like do all these crazy things. And he was definitely more in a space where he wanted to settle down, have kids, get married, all of that. And I just felt like we weren't aligned. And I feel like that happens a lot in relationships. And there's a lot of couples that are able to navigate their way basically to come back together. And then there's some couples that decide maybe that's not the best option. And a lot of the time when you are kind of going through these phases in your life and you're in a relationship, we always hear that you have to make it work. You have to put in all this effort. You have to, of course, like stay with your partner and make it through these struggles and all of that. And of course, there's certain times where, yes, if you want, of course, work on it, have open communication, do all these things to basically bring your relationship back together. But sometimes that's not always the best option. Sometimes you kind of realize that maybe you're just meant to not be with this person. Maybe you're meant to explore other avenues and kind of find other people who better align with where you're at in your own life, better align with what you value, better align with your goals. And that's okay too. Every relationship is going to have fights. Every relationship is going to go through times where maybe you're struggling a little bit more. That's very normal, but you need to decide basically as a unit, if you're going to work on it and try and get through it, or if you decide that maybe it's best to kind of just go your separate ways and to part. And I feel like it's really important that If you decide to work through your struggles, which are very normal in every relationship, both people have to want to put that effort in because if it's very one-sided, it's not going to work quite as well. You need to have open communication and you both need to want to make it work. But going back to this question, it's very normal to sometimes be on different pages, but it's important to kind of think how many pages apart are you? If you're completely ready to settle down, get married tomorrow, but they aren't ready for another 10 years, then maybe that's something you have to look at and you have to think, okay, what am I willing to compromise? What am I willing to kind of settle for? What am I going to want in a relationship and what are they able to provide me with? And 
Working through those struggles can be super difficult and breakups can be super difficult, but they can also be things that are very much needed. When I broke up with my first boyfriend, I felt distraught. I felt like I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I felt like I literally just got rid of the person that I was maybe supposed to be with my whole life. And now looking back, I mean, obviously, if I didn't do that, I would have never found the person that I wholeheartedly am going to marry. I would have never found Dean. I would have never been in the situation that I'm in. And so even though the breakup was tough in the moment, looking back, it was the best thing I could have done for myself. And so in these relationships, we always need to kind of think, what do we need? What do we need to do to put ourselves first in this situation? And what is necessary of us to either make this relationship work or to separate and to go out there and find someone who might be better aligned with you. But all of this is to say that yes, relationships have struggles. Yes, they are difficult at times, but it's basically just knowing if this is worth it to you, if it's worth it to put the effort in, if it's worth it to kind of sit down, talk, go through those struggles together, or if it's better for you and for your own happiness, for your own growth to basically separate and to kind of navigate things on your own. But if you are having struggles, I would highly recommend, I mean, talking to your partner is literally the best thing you can do. Having open communication and being so honest about everything is really important so that you're able to work through it together because people are not mind readers. And as much as I would love for everyone to read my mind, they don't know what I'm thinking. And so I have to verbalize it and I have to be super honest about it so that other people are able to help me work through things. So that would be my advice on that topic. Okay, last question that we're going to have is, Brie, I need your help. I feel like I have no set path in life, but everyone around me does. What can I do to not feel as insecure about not finding what it is that I'm passionate about in life? And how can I work to set out a goal for myself and my career? This is a very good question because for a lot of us, especially being in our 20s, we feel like we have to have everything figured out. And I am 1000% that type of person that I felt like after high school, I had to go to undergrad. I had to do my four years of undergrad. I had to go to med school. I had to do my four years of med school. I had to go to residency. Like I had my life's plan set out. And when I didn't get into med school and I decided to move during undergrad, I completely derailed myself and I completely messed up this plan that I had. And so naturally that really spiraled me and naturally that made me super anxious. And I felt like I was never going to basically get back on to a set I felt like once I veered off of it, I was basically lost in the abyss and I was never going to be able to find my way back. But 
that's not true. That's not true. And it's important to realize that everyone is on their own journey. Everyone is on their own timeline. And for some of us, it takes a lot longer to find what it is that we're passionate about. For a lot of us, it takes a lot longer for us to kind of weed through all these different options until we find one that sticks. And that's normal and that is okay. And comparing yourself to other people is really just an injustice to yourself because you're not that other person. So just because someone came out of high school and they knew immediately they wanted to be a nurse and they went to nursing school and now they're a nurse and they're living their lives doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. That doesn't mean that you had to come out of high school and know exactly what it was that you wanted as a profession. And for a lot of people, they are in a profession for a certain amount of time and they decide they don't like it and they move to something else and then they jump to another thing and then they start their own business and then they decide that doesn't work out and then there's so many different options in life. There's so many different paths and you're never set in stone in one of them and it's okay for you to jump around it's okay for you to try different things and I know in society and kind of just in today's day and age it can be really tough to admit that you don't know necessarily what you're doing but reality check is that a lot of us don't know what we're doing I literally posted a TikTok the other day about how I am in school for a certain profession. I have a business. I'm doing all these different things that I'm thinking I'm supposed to do in life, yet I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I literally have no idea what it is that I'm actually doing in life. I don't know what my end goal career is going to be. I don't know what's going to work, what's not going to work. Like, I have no clue. And so for a lot of us, it's literally just about waking up every day and seeing what sticks, seeing what works, seeing what I can do for the day. And so I totally get being nervous about not having a set goal right now when it comes to your career. I totally understand that, but just know that it is okay to try out a whole bunch of different things. It is okay for certain things to not work out and eventually you will find what it is that you're passionate about. And in terms of kind of finding that goal and like achieving that goal of having a certain career, I would definitely say just put yourself out there. Put yourself out there to literally be open to anything, to literally try anything. So many people get jobs in the most random ways. So many people get kind of scouted or end up in a career that they never thought they would be in because they literally just tried. And so I would highly recommend just being super open to what possibilities could happen for you. But that is today's episode. If you love the collective episodes, I hope you do. But if you want to be featured in the next one, then in the description, there will be a Google form link. You can go, you can submit all your write-ins. You can submit as many as your heart desires. Everything will be anonymous, so do not worry. But I would love to have your questions, have your write-ins, have your advice, all of that for the next episode that we do. But I hope you guys love this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.
Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.